When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You don't seem like a public menace to me. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Gannon steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! I was looking for people to hug. And, uh, I mean, linemen, I knew I wasn't going to get all the way to Diggsy. But uh, linemen, uh, anybody, anybody that was close enough, just yelling and screaming at each other. It's a heck of a game, wasn't it? Um, and the good guys won. Man, all right. We're full phone lines again here. Ralph, Dan, Paul, John, uh, another Dan. We're going to take all of your calls. We're wide open the whole hour. So many things to dissect and dive into. Superstar Mike Morris, who was on, we did Ventline, two and a half hours, hour and a half commercial free. And then we <laughs> had to take a bathroom break finally. But we'll get, so he'll join us in an hour. Where does this play rank among Great Minnesota sports moments. I think I know where you're going with this because you say it's not above the game six, game seven stuff yet. It's pending to me. But go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, so it, right now, uh, the Puckett home run to me is one. That's But if this pays itself off, if the Vikings go to the Super Bowl and win that thing, this probably moves to one. Yeah. Because because All some right. of this also has to do with, with the, the conversation about not just great moments, but how, how they unfolded. I mean, Puckett comes up in that game. He had made the catch. He comes up and and hits the home run, and the place goes absolutely flipping crazy. I mean, that was fantastic. But if this now results uh, in the Vikings advancing to win the, the conference championship on Sunday and a Super Bowl two weeks after, I think this jumps it. I think this has a very good chance. I mean, this this is one of the few plays as a sports fan or not where you're going to have a lot of people the second you bring this play up say I was the, I was at this place I was either at a bar or in the stadium oh, yeah. or somewhere I mean there are very few plays like this and and there's actually uh, very few situations in life like this but there are some where the second you say Stefan Diggs now you say I was at the bar yes and the majority of those moments for Vikings fans are are you know where you were when you were drowning in sorrow mm. right so it's, it's one of the rare if I'm just 
isolating Vikings, I think I, re- I remember exactly where I was when Greg Lewis. I was in the press box a few seats down from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I, I jumped out of my seat in shock that Greg Lewis, a was in the game and B caught that pass. But that's a week three game, mm-hmm. and that's one of the great moments in Vikings history. And it's kind of sad because they don't have championships. It's mostly heartache the last forty years before the Super Bowl. And so a week three reception in the back of the end zone, which was awesome, and it blew the roof off the Metrodome Mm -hmm. a year before the roof caved in on the Metrodome. Um, But it was absolutely a where were you moment. And I think you're right. If I mean, right, I would even argue that it it might be the greatest play in Minnesota sports history right now, regardless of what happens. I could, I'm kind of back and forth on that, the pucket play. But if they win a Super Bowl, we're talking about absolutely number one. And it elevates its status in the NFL archives as sure. well. Sure it does. I mean, it's up there with the catch Dwight Clark back of the end zone. It's up there with uh, the David Tyree play that was in the Super Bowl. But if this keeps you alive against a Hall of Fame quarterback in which you're going back and forth in the fourth quarter. This will be the throwing play. Throwing haymakers. Yes. This yes. will be the play. 651-646-8255. We'd love your thoughts on this discussion. Where does this play rank? Where were you? What were your surroundings when you saw the touchdown yesterday? You know, did you did you did you turn the TV off like some people? We've had callers or, call in say they were out; they had to be pulled back in the room. Or did you leave the stadium? Wow! If you if if the Saints kick that field goal, and and don't be ashamed if you're a longtime Vikings fan, you probably thought it's done. I would love to hear from somebody who walked out. Let's start with Dan on line two. What's up, Dan? Me from Apple Valley? Yep, fire away, man. All righty. I've been seventh game of the World Series, uh, the Morris thing. I was 40 feet away from the Grand Slam that Herbeck hit, game six of the first World Series. I lived the Vikings losing the four Super Bowls. I was 11 and 12-year-old, suffered all my life. Finally watching the game last night, totally psyched. At 37, so we taped the game. We're going to enjoy this sucker, replay everything, which we did. It's now about 7.30 at night. We taped the game, and my buddy didn't put an extra hour on the game. Oh, and at 30 no. seconds, at 30 seconds, which we know we're all losing, we're all feeling sick to our gut, the TV turns off, the, the recording turns off, oh. and on comes Zimmer. And what's he doing? He's saying, we drop passes, we, we miss tackles, we had a bad interception, and we're feeling... We're just, we don't want to watch this. I'm, I want to get up and run out of the room. I don't want to watch this garbage. I'm glad I didn't have a chance to see the loss. And all of a sudden he goes, otherwise you wouldn't have had to make that last pass. And I went, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about last pass? What's going on? And uh, so my daughter, or my, my uh, the kid, my buddy's daughter, just Googled a score. We didn't see it. And she just started screaming, started wow. screaming, started screaming. And fortunately, my brother, who lives right next door, had also recorded it. So we went over there and watched the last minutes of the game, knowing something absolutely crazy had happened. And we sat there in disbelief and watched our Vikings win that sucker. It was unforgettable. Amazing. So if you could do it all over again, would you want the extra, let's say, 15 minutes on the DVR? Are you happy that it kind of played out the way that it did? I... I would love to have seen it in person, I have to say. Yeah. But it's a story that I'll never forget, you know, and I can tell that story. But I would love to have seen it in person because that would have been fun, too. But it was, we sat there. I didn't know what had happened. To be honest, I didn't even know. I knew we had won, I guess, but I didn't even know what the score was. They made a field goal. But 
it was the strangest experience, and it was we celebrated. We watched it over and over and over and over and over again. It was great. Let's play it one more time, just for fun, just for Dan. Steps into it. Passes. Goosebumps, Dan. Goosebumps. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for calling in. Always extend. Always choose the extra time, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> From here on out, sporting why, why, events. Why, why can't, choose the extra time? I feel like for sporting events, there should be. We have good enough technology now. Can it sense that the thing that you wanted to record is is going on? Eventually, it will. No, but, sorry. But Sixty minutes is supposed to be on right now. I, what I'm saying is just choose the extra time. Cover yourself. Paul, you're on the show. I have two comments and a question. Okay. First comment, the refs blew the last play. They missed a penalty. Diggs took his helmet off in the end zone there. <laughs> they didn't enforce the penalty. You are they correct. Did not, they did not enforce that. Actually, uh, Patrick Vecchio tweets into the show, how did the refs not march off the 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty when Diggs tossed his helmet? It would have saved the Saints an extra 15 yards walk of shame out of the locker room to line up. Exactly. Uh, the other comment, I know it didn't have the impact, but this is eerily close to the Rashad catch for a couple of reasons. Number one, the score. That score was 28-23. This one's 29-24. Uh, number two, they needed that Rashad catch to get into the playoffs because they came out the next week and lost to the Dan Pastorini-led Houston Oilers in the Astrodome. Uh, had that play not happened, they would not have made the playoffs. Yep. Now, they ended up losing to the Eagles in the first round that year after having a 14 nothing lead in the first quarter. I don't know if you remember that, Judd. I remember not. it well, yes. Wade Wilson to Leo Lewis. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's close to, to that as far as uh, just being similar. Obviously, today we have the wide-ranging national television coverage we didn't have in 1980 uh, to, to sit there and dissect this over and over again. But, uh, it, it, you know, you were there, Judd, you know how the shady, the stadium shook and all that kind yes, of thing. Yes, it did, yes. But uh, the question I have, and this is probably better for Matthew Collar, where is he today, by the way? Why isn't he in your studio explaining all this stuff? Well, he's a so purple podcast from late last night. Uh, Judd and Collar went deep on it. So you go check that out, shameless okay. plug. And he'll be in for large chunks tomorrow for sure. But uh, Winter okay, Park, there's press conferences at Winter Park today, right? I mean, yes, Mike Zimmer's going to speak Zimmer. at some point. Yep. So. Ask him this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't the Vikings blitz a whole lot yesterday? They rarely got to breeze. I think the only sack was Griffin's strip sack, wasn't it? Uh, they did put some pressure on him, but they didn't blitz a whole lot. And I know New Orleans was doing these quick passes, even especially in the second half. Um, but was that a mistake not to blitz him? And are they going to change that in Philadelphia? Uh, my my guess is, is that they will blitz Foles more. Uh, the problem with Breeze is is it's tough because if you blitz him, he's so quick he he can he can burn you pretty badly. So the thing with this game against the Saints, Paul, to me was everything you thought was. But what if Breeze does this or or that? Where where the Philadelphia game. Uh, to me, is not going to be the same, is you're not going to say, oh my gosh, if you give Nick Foles a short field, you're dead. So this the defensive game plan yesterday was very difficult because Breeze is so good. And in the second half, he was masterful. Yeah. That, that's so so if, if you blitz him and you don't get to him, guess what? He's going to burn I you. Think, I think Hall of Fame quarterbacks of that level, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Breeze, I think they're begging you to blitz. 
They're be- they're begging you to send an extra guy or two, which leaves wide open throwing lanes. And I mean, you might get to him once in a while, but my- I think they wanted let's just let's let's get what we can with a four man rush and then make him earn everything. And really, it was th- and this is the strategy against the Vikings defense played to perfection by the Saints in the second half. You're not going to go three plays, 80 yards. It's going to have to be 12 plays, 76 yards, and finish it off in the red zone. And they did it like three times in the fourth quarter because Drew Brees is one of the greatest to ever suit up. So it just, he's so good. Didn't Zimmer allude to this, though, in his press conference when he said, I may have been a little too predictable with some of my, you know, or, or too consistent with my play calling? And I think he may have been referring to that fourth and 10 play. Uh, yeah. where where they just ran the same defense sure. for, what, three, four plays in a row. Uh, I think he even recognized, yeah, we, maybe we needed to do something a little different there uh, and get at Breeze. But. Yeah, and got away with it. Paul, thank you for the call. Thanks, and, the, and the thing is, you know what? Maybe they maybe they did screw up with some of their calls, and maybe they weren't aggressive enough, and they didn't do this or that, but they got away with it. Well, and, Drew, and now they get Nick Foles. And Drew Breeze is Drew Breeze. I. If if you want to uh, get get down on the Vikings for their defensive issues in not stopping Breeze the uh, second half, the first half they were brilliant against him. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is he is going to at some period of time beat you. He's also going to you're retire. not going to hold him down for He'll, a He's going he already announced he's going to play with the Saints next year. He announced that today. He might retire depending on him and Tom Brady are kind of neck and neck in a lot of categories. He might retire with better numbers across the board than Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. Maybe Tom Brady. Uh, Ralph, you're on Mackie and Judd. Yes, good morning, Judd. Your analysis is spot on. Why, thank uh, you. At this point, it's top ten. I've been, I'm a peer of Royce's. I've been enduring Minnesota sports for 65 years. And, and while this is great, uh, the previous caller brought up her shot. Remember, they went 80 yards in 14 seconds to get into the playoffs. Google Bobby Bryant uh, blocking the field goal against the Rams. Um, look at the 69 comeback against the Rams in the second half. You know, this, this is fantastic, but it's a playoff game. And unless they get the ring, it's just going to go down in the annals of one of the great comebacks for the Vikings, but they still fell short. But this he- to be a Debbie Downer, but I've been here before. But here's why, thank you, Ralph, for the phone call. Here's why Ralph is, is a little off. This has never happened in the history of the NFL. A playoff game and a walk-off touchdown at the end of regulation. Forget overtime where everything's a walk-off. This has never happened before. This play is on another level. Don't give me don't give me the Ahmad Rashad regular season Hail Mary. This is different. This is a notch or two above that. The stakes are higher. That's a hall. Who was the, the opposing quarterback in that game? Brian Sipe for Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. No, I Drew think, Brees listen, is one of the greatest of all time, and you you daggered him. I think what pe- people are trying to say is is the oh my god factor here, but but the uh, the other thing too the, to keep in mind is this: this Vikings team we know is really good. They've got some luck, but they're really good. And this is a Vikings team that you feel like has a real opportunity uh, to win the whole thing. The eighty Vikings made the playoffs. I was 10. I never looked at that team at that time and said, Super Bowl. Correct. The game itself, the end of that game was spectacular. So that so that made it fun. But this is a team where you when when you saw that catch yesterday and that touchdown, you say, uh-huh, I could see this now. I can see this. And the defense is good enough. This team is not a fluke. 
what they have is they've got sports karma going for them too. So there's a there's a difference here about saying something seems special here. Yes, there's an opportunity here that you don't get on a yearly basis. Like I think what separates a really great play and you know, the, it's not just about the play and the degree of difficulty, which was incredibly high here to score a touchdown from that spot on the field with no timeouts. It's it's incredibly improbable, but. To what you're saying, if your team has a chance to pay it off with a championship, yes. it matters more. Uh, someone, Wikipedia is on fire today. Here's the Case Keenum Wikipedia entry for this morning. Someone changed his bio. <laughs> okay. Casey Austin Keenum is uh, a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings of the National Football League. He is the father of Drew Brees. <laughs> is that what it says? <laughs> yes. More of your calls, <laughs> 651-646-8255, Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh, my God, you guys, I am so stoked you are here. You have no idea. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Well, yeah, it'll, it'll stay for a bit, especially as this season goes on here over the next few weeks, you know, feeling like, you know, that could be us. Um, maybe that should be us. And, and yet, I've been around long enough to know that, you know, <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes these these things happen. You know, you guys were there in 2011 at San Francisco. That was one we felt like we should have had, right? Um, and we've been on the winning side of, of, of some crazy ones, you know. But um, obviously, with everything at stake, with the fact it's playoffs, it's winner go home, the way we battled back, um, you know, this would have been one for the ages uh, if we've been able to pull it off. Drew Brees, complete class. How do you end up playing this long for such a jerk then? Sean Payton, if Sean Payton was truly turning around to Vikings fans and doing the skull chant, it's even sweeter then. It is. And 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 by the way, this is not Payton being a jerk for a split second. This is his life. This is his career. This is if you're a Viking fan today, the satisfaction that you are taking about not only your own curses being gone for now, but also coming back and beating the 2009 guy that beat you with the bounty, and by the way, he knew all about it, beating this SOB makes it even sweeter, and there's no doubt in my mind that he probably turned around to the fans and mocked them. I'm sure their fans are handling it well in New Orleans. Let's check in on them. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Guys, this is a hard one. I think, you, like you said, Deke, worse than the Frisco uh, game. And I remember that painfully. Uh, this one is going to hurt for a long time. And yeah, uh, and Marcus Williams, it looked, he just slipped. Like he didn't even uh, try to tackle the dude. He just covered his head like he was scared to touch him. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Right, that's right. Saints Line making its debut on the Mackey and Judd show today. You can't escape our wrath. No, you can't. Uh, 651-646-8255. We're just, we're enjoying just hearing your reaction. We've had some great calls. Some people who left their houses after the Saints field goal saying, I can't take this anymore. It'd still be fun to hear from someone who left the stadium at some point. Uh, John, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Yeah, what a fantastic game. I'm still in shock. I <laughs> I think I need to go see if I have PTSD or some form of it because I don't... Uh, it hasn't quite hit me yet, um, but uh, very exciting. Hey, I have a couple questions um, kind of about some game decisions that Zimmer had that I'd love to hear your guys' comments on. Um, I question not going on that fourth and one that we had there early in the game. He chose to kick a field goal. Um, it seemed like 
we were playing not to lose there after we got a little bit of a lead, and it seemed to catch up with us. Again, I agree with the caller a few callers ago who said, you know, our defense kind of went into a defensive shell a little bit. We didn't blitz much. Um, and then Zimmer didn't choose to go for that field goal. I think it would have been like a 57-yarder from about our 40, and then he punted, and it went in the end zone. It was a net punt of about 40 yards. So, I mean, I, I think that allowed the Saints to get back in the game, and I just hope we change our mindset going into the Eagles. So, great show, you guys. Thanks, John. Thank great questions. The two different things he's talking about. I had... You know, ordinarily, I would have a huge problem with both of those decisions. Like, you know, fourth and short, be aggressive. I really don't have a problem with getting up by 10 points early. And then the punt from midfield, when you already have, I believe, a 17 nothing lead at that time, and your punter hasn't kicked a touchback all year, and your defense is playing that well, in that circumstance... I told the guys in the room, superstar, I said, you know, ordinarily I'd be ripping a coach for not going for it in that spot. Mm-hmm. I see the logic here. You know what? Your defense is rolling. You've, you've got points already. Make Drew Brees and company go maybe 90 yards. Well, he kicked a touchback, and and the field was was much shorter for them. The questionable call actually on the uh, the drive that ended with a four-bath 20-yard field goal from the one was not fourth and one. It was third and one and a fade pass. You're running the ball at that point really well. And Murray had been doing an excellent job. Third and one, pounded in, right? Fade pass. Yes, back they, corner. They, they, they the didn't, end zone. They didn't throw the ball that. at all on that whole series. They yeah. ran. They, or, I'm sorry. They they didn't run the ball at all on that whole series. It was it was three straight pass plays. Uh, let's see here, Dan. What's going on, gentlemen? Um, yeah, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I, <laughs> That's I okay. Happy. I, I would have been happy if you guys would have just played that replay over and over again for four hours. Steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! Request granted. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I, I like the conversation that you guys are having about whether or not this is the greatest play in Minnesota sports history, and I kind of agree with Judd that we have to wait and see what the end of the story is before making that call. But no matter how this turns out, I think this could be easily number one in the most cathartic experience, the most cathartic play in Minnesota sports history. And let me set that up a little bit. Phil, I'm about your age. Yeah. So my history and my experience with the Vikings has been nothing but heartache. Uh, like you, I cried a little bit after the 1998 uh, NFC champion, uh, Championship game. And then in 2009, uh, I still carry around those wounds. And so as I was watching the second half of this game, I was seeing my worst nightmare unfold again. And the, the, it, this had an, the anatomy of a heartbreaker that would stay with me for a lifetime, a blown lead, fluky plays that uh, you haven't seen the Vikings make, all of this leading to what? we were expecting, which was uh, this narrow defeat that uh, we would carry with us for the rest of our lives. And so when they were lining up for that last play, the Vikings, I was preparing myself for that. I was beginning to process that. And then there was this miraculous play, and Diggs caught this ball. And my wife and I, we were pacing back and forth in the living room, and we were watching this all unfold. And all of a sudden, when he went into the end zone and I didn't see a flag and he didn't step out of bounds, there was this release of 20, 25-plus years of heartbreak (laughs) And nothing will ever take that away. No matter how this season ends, it's great to have a moment that finally uh, things broke on our side. And so uh, that's what I'll 
take with me. Uh, no matter how this ends, I hope this ends with a Super Bowl victory. Uh, but if not, uh, we've at least exercised some of our demons. Yeah, I think that's Dan with a great summation there that no matter what, I mean, if this pays off in a Super Bowl, we're talking about one of the great plays in NFL history and, and great sequences of events over three weeks. But if they get beat by Philadelphia, it's a step forward, at least, for the Minnesota Vikings franchise to just not soil themselves yep. when you think they're going to in a big playoff spot. And they spot. just have. And then, then they come back. Uh, the word relief is the perfect word. That's a perfect word. And and let me go as far as saying that it's not there yet. This has the potential to be our make good for the Buckner miscue in Boston. Think about all the years the Buckner miscue was talked about there. And my God, that ball goes through his legs and we blow a World Series. If this goes right still, I think that Diggs catch has has a chance. And I would, I think I could make a case that this would be the first time in the history uh, of this state sports teams that, that we would have this chance. Like the Twins won World Series and they had been to one, but I can't give you a ton of defining awful Twins moments, for instance. The Wild got the brunette goal in in 2003, but that was a young, young franchise. There was no scars there. Uh, the Wolves have just been the Wolves. I would I would argue that this is the first time that the Vikings have given themselves a chance to look at one certain play and say, this is the make good that could change things. By the way, apparently this is uh, freezing cold takes on Twitter, at old takes exposed. It's one of my favorite accounts. They, two things. In the middle of that game yesterday when the Vikings were up 17-0, they went and found our Mackie and Judd poll from, like, September. How screwed are the Vikings if Case Keenum has to start a bunch of games this season? Very good, yeah. Really screwed, extremely screwed, whatever it was. Super-duper screwed, and the fans voted the most screwed, so super-duper screwed. They found that and retweeted it yesterday, and it got a bunch of run nationally. Apparently, in the New Orleans Saints account, at 7.06 p.m., right before the Stefan Diggs touchdown, and they deleted this, but old takes exposed, grabbed a screenshot. They tweeted in all caps, got him, with a picture of uh, some <laughs> defender for the Saints. <laughs> got him. And then they deleted oh. it immediately after. Oh, wow. Nice try. 651 646 8255. Mike, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Oh, hi. Actually, it's Ann. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, okay. Ann, what's Is going okay? on? Hi, Ann. I don't know. You get, do you have thoughts on the Vikings' Go ahead. miraculous win well, yesterday? It's, it's a comment um, on our family scenario here. Mm-hmm. And my two girls, ages 14 and 19, 18, um, are diehard Viking fans. And um, when there was a minute 37 left and they could see um, the, the Saints going to kick that field goal, I looked at their faces and they, it looked like their dog died. It was so red, so scrunched up. I started explaining how there's 32 teams and only one team leaves this season, not disappointed, and um, to calm them down. And it was incredible. And then when they won, we were saying the, oh, my God, like crazy, too. So even the teenage kids get into this. That's amazing. So we we had another email too, or you, uh, or someone tweeted at us. You try to maybe a life lesson for your kids, right? That all right, it's you're going to have disappointments and you're going to have uh, you're going to have letdowns, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. Exactly. And in fact, my 14-year-old, 
Yeah. Her name. We lived through the Blair Walsh missed field goal. My 14 year old. Her name is Blair. So he heard that for quite a while afterwards. The demons have been exercised, Anne. Thanks and thanks for calling been, in. And it's been passed. Thank you. It's been passed down. I mean, the Vi- the Vikings Super Bowl defeats 1975. Go through the the whole thing. Think about the generations that those those defeats have been passed down, and think about the parents who told their kids they're going to disappoint you. And then th- those people grew up, and they told their kids same thing. So it's not just that if if you're young, you, you've seen one or two bad things. You know about everything. You know about the push off. You know about eighty seven. All of those things, and so so when you get to the point yesterday that that play happens. It's in nobody's mind that it might turn out well. Yeah. No. That's what makes it so fun. There, there's no reference points. That's there's what none. Ma- that's what makes this so fun to talk about. There are some franchises that expect that to happen, that expect, like the Green Bay Packers expect Hail Marys to fall into receivers' laps or tight ends' laps to win games. Uh, but that's not the expectation here. We're still full on phone lines, and we love taking your calls, so we'll take more when we come back. We'll get to our guy, Realistic Randy, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. Couple things real quick. Vikings Ventline and Purple Podcast, both available on demand if you want to check those out uh, after we're done at 1 o'clock with Collar and Judd from the stadium, Superstar and I in studio uh, we went two and a half hours on Vetline. So those you can download, subscribe, find them on 1500ESPN.com. Also, when we come back, we have uncovered some great Case Keenum audio from the John Gruden quarterback camp like six years ago. A little bit of foreshadowing in there, too, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. May I present a pair of fellow sophisticates? Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Steps into it. A classic yesterday. Like you, listen to the first half hour of Vetline as we're watching the whole thing play out. It was super fun. Uh, we have full phone lines right now. Six five one six four six. Excuse me. You all right? Choking up. You're over getting here. choked up about the big uh, victory. Six four six eight two five five. Real quick before we jump back in, I was just going through some of the internet archives before the show. Stumbled upon Case Keenum joined John Gruden for a quarterback camp episode when he was coming out of uh, University of Houston. Now, I don't know what go- the selection process for those quarterbacks. He wasn't drafted, so I don't know if 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 his agent submitted and Gruden said, "Yeah, let's bring him in. He's the all-time leading passer in college football history even though he might not get drafted." But this is John Gruden and Case Keenum from five or like 6 years ago, mm-hmm. I believe 2012. And I'm just going to play this, a little foreshadowing in here. Some of these throws you've made from awkward body positions, guys beating right down on you. So these are some of my favorite plays that make me say there is no doubt you're going to be just fine. Not many guys can stare down the gun barrel like this, man, and throw a strike. Bro, that's a great throw. Yeah, I mean, they're coming at you with a stunt dog right up the middle. A lot of people would have bailed on this. A lot of people would have crumbled. I know what I'd have done. 
I said, hey, punk team, I want this dude in there, man. That's big time, you hear me? That's big time. Here's another one. So there's not very many undrafted quarterbacks that, that go on to be franchise stars. In fact, there's probably only one notable one in the last 15 or 20 years that was undrafted and then went on to become a star. And here's the comparison. He did 26 interceptions last year. But I knew Eli Manning had what? Middle toughness. What did he prove this year? He proved he had it. Yeah, come back, man, right? Yeah. And you know who this is at Eastern Illinois playing quarterback? He wasn't even drafted. It took me a while, but I see uh, Romo. Yeah. Tony Romo. He had people doubting him. You know, let's make a note of Romo. He's from Texas, isn't he? In Texas now somewhere? He's a cowboy. Look at this throw by Romo coming out there to his right. Questionable ball security there, but you can see he could fling it at Eastern Illinois. How about this throw right here? Does the draft really matter? There is a lot of Tony Romo, Case Keenum, Keenum just yeah. like big time cojones, but can get you into some bad spots sometimes, but then makes up for he it. Can make a play. Yep. Now Tony Romo never did that at the end of a playoff game. That was the knock on Tony Romo. He couldn't do that at the end of a playoff game. And it, the thing that Case has g- going for him is this as, as well. He has two receivers who are unbelievable. He has two receivers who are out of this world fantastic. I mean, those these two guys. You throw the ball up to them, and odds are they're going to, to catch it. So, so this is where this all this all comes together. I mean, there's a lot of credit to go around here. Shermer's had a great year for the most part, calling plays. The receivers are fantastic. The run game is very, very solid, and these guys can block and catch passes too. Keenum, to his credit, has taken that and and made the most of it. But when he he threw some passes. Yesterday, that got caught. That only get caught by top ten guys. I mean, the, they're not caught by decent players. They're caught by great players. Sure, but he also doesn't have to apologize for no, that. No, not that's at all. The, that's the the team it's he's just on. What's working. And, you know, the more he goes through, and and I and if you know, I I tweeted halfway through the game. I thought he was having a bad game for. A while. He he took a bad sack at one point, and you know, he threw a terrible interception. He was, was inaccurate a on a couple point. other passes, and that. I think it's it's okay to point out that to that point in the game he was bad. He was if the game had ended without the Stefan Diggs play and the big boy throw that Case Keenum made to you know to put him in at least field goal range if Diggs steps out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um you know his performance wasn't good enough up until then, but for him to make the throws that he made in the fourth quarter and then the ultimate throw to Stefan Diggs, hats off. Randy, realistic Randy in Oakland, fire away, man. Hey, what's up guys? I've had a little time to uh, calmed down since yesterday. Um, and quite honestly, I realized something. I overslept yesterday and had a crazy dream. And I've been looking all over the internet for this schedule, but I couldn't find it. So I figured I'd just call you guys. Um, do you guys know what time the Vikings play the Saints today? Because yesterday just did not happen yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I'm still processing that. Um, look, here's the thing. Like, leading up to that game, my whole thing was, look, if you're a Vikings fan and you're nervous because of the past playoff collapses, this team is different because, A, Mike Zimmer, he's a disciplinarian. He's going to have this team ready to go. And our defense is what makes the difference as well. And we're up early, 17 uh, nothing, going into the second half. Life is great. It's fantastic. Everything's looking up for the Vikings. And then I was super confident. Then the second half started. And our defense just got picked apart by Drew Brees left and right. Xavier Rose got cooked yesterday, absolutely cooked. And then not only that, but that fourth and ten conversion that the Saints did uh, before the kicker of the Saints made that kick, I said, come on, this is it. I'm trying to have my last bit 
of optimism left as a Vikings fan saying, you know what, you're the number one defense, make that stop. And they didn't make it. I think Willie Snead got the first down. And when that kicker of the Saints made that kick, I walked out the house to try to process everything. I said, you know what, I'm going to come back. I'm going to watch this, watch this hellhole just fall apart like it always does. And I felt the transformation of the last bit of optimism as a Vikings fan into Patrick Voicey. Like, I felt it. I said, you know what? <laughs> I can't blame all these pessimistic Vikings fans. I'm becoming that right now because, of course, this is supposed to happen for us. And then right on cue, like the Fox broadcast, they started playing all the flashbacks of all the Vikings collapses. I'm like, thanks, Fox. Thanks for that. Yeah. And for that to happen, for that play to happen, I said to myself, there's no way. First of all, the defense got picked apart, like I said, and the season was on the balance with Case Keenum with like 30 seconds left after the touchback. And I said, you have got to be kidding me. Why does this have to happen to us all the time? And for that play to happen, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. When Stephon Diggs, after he made the turn and he wasn't out of bounds and he kept running, I legitimately almost passed out. I legitimately <laughs> had an out-of-body experience. I had to, like, hold the walls to keep from falling because it went from super pessimist to this isn't happening. This isn't supposed to happen for us. This is really happen- happening for us. Oh, my God, this is crazy. So I'm still in a state of euphoria right now. I don't know how to process this. It's about time that we caught a break because, like I said yesterday, you see all these teams where they get these super crazy plays, these miracle plays, and whenever we're on the field, when those plays happen, it's usually against us. So for it to go for us this time, that was just super sweet. I'm so proud of this team. I lost my voice completely. I don't know what to do, but that's how I feel right. I still feel this is all a dream. Rest up. The Eagles enjoy, in six days. Enjoy Rest it, Randy. Up. Good the, stuff. The luck might have changed. Just enjoy it. Good stuff. Realistic, Randy. Something to point out about the Vikings defense, and I, I'm, I, we have the rest of the week to get into like what's going to happen against the Eagles. It's a different beast when you're when you're playing the Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers group. You br- when you bring the best defense in the NFL, it doesn't mean that you're going to shut the opponent out like you would if you're playing Mitch Trubisky. It just guarantees that you're not going to give up forty. But even then, Big Ben put up forty on the Jaguars defense. He's in that category. Tom Brady against that electric Seattle Seahawks defense in the Super Bowl in that that legendary game where. The 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 Saints or the uh, the Seahawks throw an interception on the doorsteps of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady found a way against that defense to complete seventy four percent of his passes for three hundred twenty eight yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He also threw two interceptions because the defense is fighting back at him. But it's and it, it was a twenty eight twenty four game, just like this was a twenty nine to twenty four game. And and you gave uh, Breeze a short fields twice too. It's hard yeah, enough to stop him with a, a full fee- full, but the uh, the case pick and the the quickly block punt, you basically put him in plus territory. If you do that, it's going to cost you. Yeah. And that's not that's not the defense's fault there. So we we uh, well, I mean it's yeah, it's their fault if they they, they should be stout in the red zone, but well, again, it's, sure, it's an all-time quarterback. It's an all-time quarterback. Any notion that the first half was going to, to beat the entire game with Breeze was mistaken. Yes. That's not going to happen. Uh we are we're enjoying your phone calls and we're taking this till one o'clock. Superstar is going to join us pretty soon. Hey Michelle. Hey, hey um, I haven't heard that anybody had the reaction that I did at the end of that game. I was watching it, and and all of a sudden, in the last 10 seconds before that play, 
I said to my, or when the play happened, I guess, I said to my family, is this a movie? I thought they had cut away from the game because they figured nobody could go through this misery again. And they put some scene on the TV to to let you leave feeling a little bit better. I literally thought it was a movie for a second or two. And I... I I think it was a whole out-of-body experience the whole day for people. And I wonder how many heart attacks there might have been yesterday. That's how they show it in countries like North Korea, where they show like Olympic highlights and they win all the gold medals. That's what it's, It was like state-run Vikings TV. Here's the alternate ending that only you see. This is your new reality. <laughs> Stefan Diggs streaking down the sidelines. That's what I thought. They just couldn't bear to make people suffer anymore. And we'll show 10 seconds of a of a nice feeling movie and then then we all started screaming and it was wonderful yep. and i toward the end of that game i felt like i was developing a fever i was so hot and i thought i wonder if it's as, uh, that's why i wonder how many people might have had heart attacks because i didn't have a heart attack but i had a fever you know michelle you had a fever and the only thing that could cure it was case keenum steps into it passes I loved it. Thanks for calling Thanks, in, Michelle. Michelle. Appreciate it. I did glance up and and looked and saw that that Fox was going through all of the debacles, though. I saw they were showing. I think it was the wide left oh, yeah. from Gary in '98, and I thought to myself, "This is not what these poor people need right now." Oh, yeah. Well, that's such an easy package to queue up. I mean, they, they've is. had that in queue, and they just keep editing it. Oh, we can add the Blair Walsh one now. It'll be great. Yep. Like they've had that in queue for the last 20 years. Well, I told you guys when I was watching at the X with hundreds of people, they showed that and voices around me everywhere. Bleep you, Fox! Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing I don't blame this? Him. I don't blame him one bit. Yes, it was, was yeah. fantastic. I feel like for it to be a full exorcism or for it to be a full cathartic experience, you had to go through all of the feelings of Vikings teams in the past. You had to go through... You had to go through like the kicking angst with a minute and a half to go, the defense angst of 2009, uh, the backup Pearson, quarterback Pierce angst. Push you off. Yes, you had to go through all of it and watch all the highlights and then experience the thought and the feeling of, well, the game's over. Like there's 10 seconds left, yeah, the game's over. You had to go through all of it to emerge on the other side. Let's keep the phone calls going. Superstar is going to join us. 651 646 8255. Mackie and Judd now continue. We're back on 1500 ESPN. Hey, you can join me this Saturday in supporting the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. It's the Bar Olympics this Saturday, the 20th, Union 32 Craft House in Egan. We'll be out there from 2 to 5, featuring an afternoon of games, food, drink specials, prizes, participants compete in a number of events to see who can bring home the gold. And a lot of prizes. Those top performers will be getting some good prizes, courtesy of 1500 ESPN and Union 32. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Yeah, first thing I did was I was saying, get out of bounds. <laughs> and then I saw him running. I'm looking to see if he's going down, if he stepped out of bounds. And then I'm going back to look and see if we had any penalties or anything on it. And um, and then the next thing I did was look the clock to see what how much time was left. So, um I don't know. Some guys jumped on me. I don't remember exactly what happened. Wow. It's a heck of a game, wasn't it? Um, and the good guys won. 
love you can hear the fans in the background. So fans were like interrupting his press conference, right? Because so, they was pounding and doing the skull chant so on the outside. There's the press conference room, and and it's got glass between between the fans who are on the other side, which I think is a bar, and the press conference room. It's the big Delta Club, okay, right, uh, right behind the bench. And they can either make the glass basically smoky, so you can't see through it, which is ordinarily the case. But they basically took that off last night for Zimmer. And so, so the fans could see him, and so every time he would start to answer a question, you'd get Zim, Zim, and of course he couldn't help himself, and he'd start like being like, "Yeah, you're the greatest." <laughs> it was funny, dude. That seventy thousand people, giddy. that school chant, that is. Uh, there was a guy from another newspaper. I want to say like Washington Post. I saw this tweet that the school chant is the most intimidating stadium. Crowd participation, chant, cheer, whatever you want in sports right now. Hmm. You get 70,000 people doing that. I still say putting the it clown on the screen with like a raging fire in the background and dimming the lights would make it even better. Just make it a little bit creepier for opponents. You think it'd make it a little creepier? I think yeah. you're right. And it would creep you out a lot. Yes, I wouldn't like it. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Superstar Mike Morris is going to be in here very shortly. Steve, go ahead. Hey, thanks very much. Uh, real quick. Um, so to set it up, me and my golf buddies, we're golf buddies first. There's four of us total. And uh, we're sports fans also, and we always get together uh, and watch these games. And uh, we're your typical drunken sports-loving male pigs. And our <laughs> wives have grown to hate golf because of our behavior. And uh, we swear a lot. And we made an agreement the other three guys' wives uh, banned all of us from getting together at all three of their houses to watch games because of our filthy mouths. And uh, my wife finally agreed. I had to pay her, but uh, she finally agreed to let us watch the game yesterday, including the Timberwolves afterwards. So there's a wow. six-hour man day for us. We were digging it. And then the Vikings were going to lose with a minute to go, and we started swearing. And uh, she's just appalled. And then digs, catch. We celebrated and screamed and swore <laughs> bombs everywhere, and now we got to find a place to watch the game next week because she banned us. Hey, Not Steve, good. how about Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you uh, got a ride you can give us, maybe? I, I mean, get a burrito. I'm you hungry. could probably catch one with Judd. Sounds like Judd's going to be out there. Cheesesteak, possibly? Go get yeah. some cheesesteaks? <laughs> Let's take uh, we have a couple more minutes How do you left not left. swear? Oh my God! I think we when that play we, happens, we had, how do you not? How do you contain yourself? We had to make very sure our microphones were not on yet as that play was happening right before Ventline fired in, up. In cutting a lot of the fan reaction video that we had in that supercut, the most popular phrase is "Oh my bleeping God!" Yeah, and you know what bleeping is. <laughs> and I think everyone I, uses that one now. And I think I said, "Holy bleep!" I saw that play. I was like, "I can't believe I just saw that." Yeah. I still can't. Ken, I still can't. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you. When I was sitting there watching that game last night, I was thinking back, and I couldn't. Normally, I like to call you guys on vent line. I couldn't even do it. There was no way I could compose myself last night to, to call you guys. But it brought me back to '98, and I can remember watching that game in '98. And I put my head down. I'm 45, so I don't know how old I was in '98, but I remember putting my head down. Tears coming out my eye, and this girl I was dating at the time was sitting on the couch behind me. And she says, and I turn the TV off, and she says, hey, turn the TV back on. 
I want to see the Falcons get the trophy. Oh, no. no. Right? Yes. End of relationship. Oh, you're right. It pretty much was. And I looked up at her and I says, are you serious? And she says, yeah. So I turned the TV back on and it was at that moment. I'm like, what is the worst possible moment that I can get back at her? So I'm thinking, okay, Valentine's Day is coming up. So I took her out to dinner, and I made it seem like I I was going to uh, propose to her because we were pretty serious. I went and had a, uh, a ring box, and I wrote this note saying, "Do you remember what you how you made me feel in when the Vikings lost? Well, I hope you feel the same way. Don't bother calling me." And I put it in the ring box, gave it to the waiter, and I left. And left and left her there at the restaurant Whoa! and drove home. And she got that note and she tried calling me and tried calling me. I never answered the phone from her. 